my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up ritual scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hey, everybody. My name is Connell Byrne. I'm the CEO of the iHeartMedia Digital Audio Group, and welcome to another session of the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. We do this every week, Thursdays, noon Eastern, we try to take a break, we stop down, and we talk to creators that we're working with through the iHeart Podcast Network, partners of all kinds, business partners, creator partners, publishing platforms. And this has turned into some of my favorite conversations I've had in the last year or two. We started this a couple of years ago when we were all kind of moving into quarantine, and we wanted to stay a little more connected. And we've talked with everybody from Malcolm Gladwell to Will Ferrell to Charlemagne the God, lots of different kinds of storytellers. And we use podcasting as 
as the excuse to get the conversation going. It's why a lot of these creators are in business with iHeart. It sort of quickly evolves into a conversation, usually just about creativity, where people are coming from, what drives them in the world of content. This week for me is truly, truly special. We have a program at iHeart that was the brainchild of a few of our very incredible producers in Los Angeles. It's called the Next Up Program. And I'm going to let them explain where it came from, why we're doing it, and why we're pretty psyched about it so far. Suffice it to say, it's one of the things we are currently most proud of at the company and most excited about putting out there in the world. Joelle Smith, Anna Hosnier, first of all, thank you guys so much for taking a half hour out of your very, very busy days to talk to us. Thanks for having us, Connell. Yeah, thanks for having us. I want to start with you, Joelle. I think some of the most interesting parts of these sessions have been where people come from, how they got this bug to create content content in the first place. And you, Joelle, so was there a, I don't know, a moment as a kid, high school, college, maybe a week ago where you realized I like to communicate. I like to tell stories. I like to create conversations and I have that spark and I'm actually pretty good at it. Maybe. Where did that come from? Yeah. Well, I didn't know it until recently, but I'm neurodivergent. I have ADD. They used to call it like absent-minded or staring off into space. I was always had my eyes in the sky looking elsewhere. One of my earliest memories is telling my mom, could I be on the TV. I really wanted to act and perform from a young age. I went to school for film studies. I have a degree in writing and directing. And when I got out to LA, PAing was really hard. I didn't like it. Uh, Low pay. It's really hard hours. And so I got into podcasting through some friends I know. I used to do like five shows a night at this place called After Buzz TV. They're a YouTube reaction channel. And from there, I just learned podcasting really fast. I mean, I did it for about two years and I loved it. I created like a small fan base. And from there, I started writing for places like Hollywood Reporter and Playboy and Variety and AV Club and a bunch of other places. And that's sort of how I got in. I just really loved film and television. I found a space that would let me talk about it endlessly and found a bunch of people who enjoyed taking that journey with me. I sort of ended up podcasting through actually uh, Danny and Ify's show. I was their researcher. That's how I got started at iHeart. It's awesome. And so before we jump to Anna, what shows do you oversee at the iHeart Podcast Network? What shows do you produce? Just to give folks a sense of what you're you're behind. Okay, so I do Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald. I do Welcome to Our Show with a New Girl cast. I do Comic-Con Metapod, which is my new podcast. I host with the great Hector Navarro, who does our SpongeBob podcast. I do all of our Will Packer shows, which I think we're about to have three of those. All of the Will and Jada projects. So that's Red Table Talk, Positively Gam. We have a new show called Navigating Narcissism coming out. And then Gretchen Day Thurston shows. I help guide and oversee those as well as Creature Feature, which is from way back when we were How Stuff Works. I think that's all of my show. Anna, over to you for a sec. So again, first questions first. I am fascinated with this, sometimes this spark that people have as a kid or in high school, some moment in their lives where they realize like, I might be what we call these days a creator. I like, I like content. I like to make content. I like to communicate with audiences. Was there a moment like that for you, either an inspiration as a kid or was it more recent? Talk about that for a sec. I mean, I think growing up, I like to write and tell stories and, and create stories. So that's just always been in my life. Like I always kind of knew I wanted to work in sort of a creative space. 
And yeah, I, I like to also, I would make a lot of like videos as a kid and like edit them together. I would make all my friends perform <laughs> for me in these really strange productions. I have a very infamous production that's on YouTube somewhere called Mission Impossible 4, where me and my friends basically created our own Mission Impossible style, which when I go back and watch it now, I'm like, God, I was so good at editing. It's actually quite incredible. I was like, for I think a maybe early high school, late junior high, I was quite a good editor. I was very impressed with like my like motion. <laughs> like it was it was lovely. And so actually one of the friends who was just in that video, we were just at her wedding and I made her show it to the entire wedding party. That is awesome. I don't think the actual Mission Impossible 4 was ever called Lovely. So you still, you, you will always have that <laughs> over, the, over the real film. What prompted that? Was there a, a mom, a dad, a friend who was like a storyteller, a great communicator? I mean, my parents, don't work in the arts. They're both engineers, but they're also some of the funniest people. Like my dad's a real like nutty guy. And my mom has some of the driest sense of humor I've ever heard. Like <laughs> her humor is, I, I never laugh as hard as when my mom says stuff to me. Like she's a very serious woman, but has some of the funniest, driest responses I've ever heard. And then my dad is just a very, he was a, a stage actor back in Iran in his youth as a hobby before he moved to America and went to college. So they're funny in their own ways, but I think they've really informed my sense of humor and how I like to create. You said uh, your dad is from Iran. Talk about that a little bit. How did he get to the States? Yeah, actually, both my parents are from Iran. I did a 23andMe and it said I was 98% Iranian, which wow. I was like, okay, that's not okay. I think I already knew that. My father is from Northern Iran and my mom is from the big city. So he's kind of the country guy. My mom's like the city girl. She's from the capital, Tehran. And they immigrated separately to America to go to college. And then they met in Utah, of all places, where apparently a lot of Iranians ended up because it had similar climate to Iran because it's very mountainous and cold. So they happened to meet actually very randomly at a Mormon wedding. That is nuts. Yeah, it's actually all a good story. Mormon weddings, there's no alcohol allowed. So my dad had a trunk full of vodka and people were lining up at his <laughs> trunk with cups to get vodka poured into their drinks. And that's how my mom met my dad. To give you an idea of what my parents are like. <laughs> I lo I lo this is what the rest of the conversation needs to be about. That's amazing. Growing up where? Where'd you grow up, LA? Grew up actually in the Bay Area, kind of near you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that before we rolled. What was it like to grow up uh, first generation? I also grew up in the Bay Area. I was also first generation parents from Ireland. What was it like for you? It was nice. I really love the Bay Area. It's a great place to grow up. It's very diverse. You know, there's a lot of fun things you can get into. And I enjoyed it. I love the Bay Area. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. What shows do you work on for iHeart in LA? I work on The Daily Zeitgeist. I work on Los Culturistas. I work on This Is Important with the Workaholics guys. I work on the Ron Burgundy podcast. I work on Dero and Wilson, Heidi World, Truth Hounds. Gosh, I feel like there's more and I'm, I'm forgetting. It's but enough. That's, that, it's like a pantheon of the best podcasts in the world that you guys are both listing off. So back to you, Joelle. Give us, to some extent, you gave us a little bit of the origin story of both of your creativity. Give us a little bit of the origin story of the Next Up program. Where did this start? What was the dinner or the coffee break or the side conversation where somebody first said, I got an idea. What about this? Well, I got a throw to Anna on that because she was thinking about it before I even got hired here. So Anna, you want to tell the origin story? Yeah, it was actually a podcast movement in Orlando. Connell, I think I really did. I, the moment it really started to occur to me, I cornered you at that party in Orlando and was like, what about this? But and, it all kind and of oddly, there was no alcohol and there was all vodka. Yeah, we were all lined up at my dad's <laughs> trunk. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, this is true. So keep going. Yeah. And it actually, it started to occur to me. I was at Podcast Movement and I ran into a friend who happened to live in Beirut, Lebanon at the time, which I was like, what are the odds you're here? And he told me about this program he was doing where he was being flown out by I want to say PRX, Google, something. I forget exactly what the group was. They were flying him out to be in this program to produce a podcast about kind of like the drag LGBTQIA plus scene in Beirut, Lebanon, which I was like, that is 
the coolest thing I've ever heard. I need to know more about this because in the Middle East, a lot of these things, these kind of, you know, niches and subcultures, you don't know a lot about them because the Middle East kind of silenced. It's a very like don't ask, don't tell sort of world out there. So I thought that was amazing. And then I started to be like, but we're iHeart. We could do that. We we could make this happen. And that's kind of right after I spent 20 minutes thinking about it, I cornered you. I saw you from across the room and I was like, now that's the person I need to talk to to make yeah, this, this happen. Yeah, this was really real. This was the, maybe the last in-person big podcast. August yeah. 2019. And you came over and you said, I have this idea. And it's interesting. It's like sometimes ideas are so basic and obvious that you're sitting mm -hmm. there having a conversation like, what's the catch? And it's like, there's that, there's just no catch. Let's just do this thing of helping uh, voices that you just don't usually hear in podcasting. So Joelle, you hear this idea. What makes you think in your head, I'm going to help with every bit of help I can bring to the table. I'm going to jump in and help this. Well, two things. One, Anna's just got such fire and gusto for these things. When she was pitching it, I was like, I feel like we could do this. She's like, well, I just don't know how. I'm like, we could probably figure it out. Like, well, we got it. And then we started, you know, meeting regularly to talk about it and start fleshing it out. And it became like really fun. Um, so that was one reason. And then the other thing is I come from like five generations of teachers, like my mom and her mom and her mom and her mom and her mom all taught at either schoolhouses or colleges or were like doctorates in early childhood education, like the very serious education based ladies. And they were a little bit distraught when I decided not to continue at all in the profession. And then I found this and I was like, well, I'm mentoring. And they're like, no, that's kind of the same thing. That's good. So, you know, making a lot of older ladies' dreams come true is always a, a nice little perk. That is awesome. So I love this narrative of like five generations or so of teachers and they're like, okay, now there's a sixth. We're good for another one. Exactly. I don't want to brush over this though. Like, let's do the basics first. What is the Next Up program? So what is it meant to do? What does it actually do? And then we'll get into a lot of the content. But I think what's really blown us away in the last few months is who is actually making use of this program. But first, Joelle, what is the program? What does it do? What's it meant to do? The way Anna pitched it to me was, we're going to bring more diversity to iHeart. It was like, we can find young people. Some will have no experience. Some will have a little bit of experience. Or forget age. Like just people who have something to say, but don't have a solid route into podcasting. You know, one of the largest hurdles that Anna and I recognize is, you know, a financial gap to get into like proper equipment that makes it easy for people to actually listen to you. Knowing how to use that equipment. Knowing like, how do you upload an episode to iTunes so people can find like all of the different things. And then beyond that, a lot of different skills need to be acquired in order to do this. And there isn't quite yet like a packaged way of learning that you're just sort of haphazardly learning. Maybe you have a parent who knew some stuff and got you some skills. And we thought, you know, maybe that's part of the barrier. I think a lot of programs focus on just the education portion if, as if like, here's how to fill out a resume and let's like really get you hired. But there's so many people with the majority of these skills or who have enough technical efficiency to learn these things who just don't have a way directly into the industry. And so this was sort of a way to like build a bridge for those folks. We can give you the tools, we can teach you, we can give you mentors to guide you through your recording process. We can help you figure out what should the structure of your episodes look like? What should the structure of your season look like? And once you have those, you know, you can take off and, and create your own thing. And we all get the benefit of getting to hear these unique voices. So that's the goal of the program is uplift and promote people who could be in this industry already, but for whatever reason, have had a lot of barriers to entry. Yeah. And I love the big idea-ness of it, but also the super practicality of the Next Up program. So effectively, we recruited ultimately eight new voices to the medium, built out 
studios for them with gear, taught them how to use it. And then I think some of the most interesting part is, yes, we taught them about how podcast marketing works, cross promotion, how the business of podcasting works. But in between there somewhere is how do you tell a good story? The material was just freaking awesome that they were bringing to the table and driven and passionate. But how you craft that into a story, this is something you both do every single day. But Anna, what was that like when you're sitting with some of these creators who ended up in the first year of the program? Maybe just talk through what kinds of creators ultimately settled into that first class, as it were, of eight. And then how you would talk to them about, hey, I got an idea about story telling, like how to level this up a little bit and help shape it this way or that way. That's got to be a, a sensitive dynamic because these are really, really personal, passionate stories, but you're also trying to make them better. Just talk through that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I feel like we couldn't have come up with a better first group, like inaugural group of Next Up fellows. Like we went through and we narrowed the original, maybe like 200 plus applications to 20 people. And then we interviewed 20 people. And, you know, the original was supposed to be only six people in the program. But I remember calling you and being like, there's certain cuts I can't make, like it's going to break my heart. So you <laughs> let us add two more people to make it Thank just a little God. easier to turn some people away. And I will say two of the people I turned away, I turned them away because I was like, you don't actually need this program. You're potentially too good for this program. And then I ended up hiring them and now they're part of my production team. So it was kind of this amazing way to like meet all these incredible people who really just needed one person to be like, yeah, let's do it. And that's kind of like the whole basis of the program. You know, I always say like, look, I got in this far. You just nudge your foot in the door, leave it open and get as many people in as possible, you know? And that's always kind of been my philosophy as like the further you go up, you have to bring everyone with you because I feel very privileged to be here to begin with. And being an EP at iHeart is, you know, huge. And I got to get everyone in too and get everyone's stories in. So, you know, sitting down with them, it was a lot about being like, just be your authentic self. Like, what is the thing that you've always wanted to tell in your story? What is a piece of history that you want to talk about? What is it that you want out of this experience? Like, what is the story you want to tell? And so we would be working directly with each person. We met with them every other week. We would have meetings, split it up four, four, four a week. And then really just every week break down their ideas to a point where they felt comfortable to start recording. And that goes from like we had one fellow, Carmen Laurent, who is a trans woman in the South, and she really wanted to talk about her experience in transitioning and also other trans people's experiences while simultaneously living in the South. You know, what is that? How do you grow and how do you become who you are in a area of the country that potentially does not care for your existence? So, you know, a lot of these people, though, when we interviewed them, we knew they had a distinct voice and we just wanted to give them the opportunity to do something with it. Like Dr. Jonathan Higgins, they're this amazing creator who has been in the industry for a while, but maybe just hasn't had the right opportunity just yet to make their mark. And, you know, just being able to bring them in. And this is someone Joelle knew previously just to be like, you know what? We like you. You're so funny. You deserve this. Like you're just someone I believe in who can make a great show. And, you know, we had someone who I had known previously who listened to our podcast and she was always, you know, talking to us. She would come to all our live shows and I actually started to like her. Her name is Priyanka Das, And I was like, you're just so fun and I enjoy our conversations. So she applied to the program and we really just went back and forth with her for a while. And she decided she wanted to really create this show about surveillance capitalism and how sort of information is used as a power tool within society, you know, within socioeconomic levels of like who gets information and 
who does and how it's used, you know, to create a hierarchy within our country. You know, you, you see this topic and you're like, well, how can you really create the show? Because this is a dense topic that you really want to turn into a podcast. How can we help you do it? And I think the most amazing part is like watching these people start from like, I have a sentence to a full <laughs> outline of like multiple episodes being like, all right, here are the points I want to hit on. Here's what I want to do. Here's my theme. Here's the emotions I want to bring out of people. Here's, you know, and that's kind of like what we were doing the whole six months. We're just like, okay, it, it was as simple as being like, and what are you trying to say in this episode? What is your theme here? And to watch that really just come out of these people was really, truly an incredible experience. And that was all I really wanted to do was just be like, how can we help you make something that you would be proud of? Well, were there moments where it was you as a producer were anxious or how do I tiptoe into this person's very personal world and space that they're trying to capture in sound? I want to make it better. I also don't want to overreach here because I don't know their world and sound. It's one thing to produce a audio drama show where people are playing characters. It's another thing to be like incredibly personal. It's putting people's lives down on tape, so to speak. Hard shows to produce. I am such an empath and a go-getter. And I think one of the smart things that Anna set up early was like, let's have monthly meetings with everybody and then individually bi-weekly. So participants were talking amongst themselves. We were talking to them about their projects, about one of our participants lost their apartment and had a newborn as they were trying to make their show. So it was constantly checking in. Are you okay? Do you have a place yet? Where did you stay last night? How's baby doing? You know, we were so invested in them as individuals that the show sort of sprung up around these very strong relationships we built, which maybe is a little backwards or weird, but it really worked for us. They care so much about one another. And of course we cared. It was our first group and we were wanting to do a good job. You know, we've been brown women in this industry trying to figure out, you know, like navigate it a lot of times by ourselves or texting each other like what does that mean how do we do this thing and so I think all of that empathy from like we were just where you guys are transferred into how we brought out their stories when Carmen came to us she was like I'm an esthetician and I talk to people a lot and that natural conversation I think it translates to pot and I was like hey, you know that it can it absolutely can if you know how to get personal with your clients in a way that makes them feel comfortable in that chair we can totally bring that energy to and she did it so flawlessly <laughs> like her interviews are good. And then on top of that, Carmen learned editing in like a month. They were just so talented and so eager. And even when we had, you know, some of our participants, like Rene, he's got two children in grade school. So they have busy schedules. He's a full-time dad, but he's also an educator, but he's also an activist. He's got a lot on his plate. And so with him, it was like extremely hands-off. Rene would come in, he's like, okay, I, I kind of have these ideas and I've got about this much time. And we'd be like, how are you doing? What do you need from us? He's like, I'm recording for the next like six days. I'm going to be on a retreat and like we really we were like oh, we don't know how it's going to turn out we know Hane is great and he's so connected to his community Hane lives in Alaska he's trying to preserve indigenous languages through his podcast and he does a lot of activism to try to encourage the Alaskan state to make indigenous language mandatory languages for all students as a way of preserving that language so when he finally came together and showed us a cut we were like 
blown away because we hadn't heard anything. But the interviews were not only good, not only was like the live meetings he was participating in, he would record some of those and that was like really good. But then he did these ad breaks that were just so powerful and funny. And then he would sing and then he speaks in his native language, which is so beautiful to just hear and like let it rest on the ear. It all came from them. Like, I think we were just support systems. Mm-hmm. So yeah. awesome. Like, it, and it's been really impacting internally at iHeart. I think we can be like candid about this. Like anybody that interacts with this project or group from our CEO, Bob Pittman to us, anybody that spends time with these eight fellows is changed by that half hour or hour. You walk out of that really impacted. It reminds me of this quote from Toni Morrison, where she says, which I love, I tell my students, when you get these jobs that you have been so brilliantly trained for, just remember that your real job is that if you are free, you need to free somebody else. If you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. This is not just a grab bag candy game. And this feels a little bit of what Next Up has gone after, at least to start with. And I want to close on you, but like podcasting has exploded. We have 10, 15 years of this medium only. It's still a really young medium. And I think there's a lot of amazing stories in podcasting, but there's been a hundred years of media types failing underrepresented communities a lot. The, the voices that are pretty awesome creators in their own right that just weren't invited to the stage. And podcasting, I think, is getting that more right than other mediums. But when you have something like this, do you feel pretty hopeful about this medium? Do you feel like this is a little different? Where's your head at with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think with iHeart, it's especially kind of great because we have a lot of resources. We have the tools we need to make this happen. And so like, it's nice when I walk up to you and say something, you go like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Like that gives me hope where you're like, okay, like I am working with people who are listening to me and can hear that like, I want to push forth more diversity of any, you know, people of color, LGBTQI, just like stories, diversity of stories that just need to be heard. Because I think a big part of growing up in America as like a little Persian kid with immigrant parents who aren't necessarily fully tapped into like pop culture and and what's going on, they follow the news, but they can't tell me like anything about music or movies because they have their own world that they came from that like you don't really see a lot of representation of yourself. I remember with my own podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous, the whole theme was be the representation you needed growing up. That was our main theme of our show and why we created it is because we wanted to help people know like you're not alone. And I think that's what these stories do. They allow people to be seen. And I think as a child, like all I ever wanted to do was be seen and see myself somewhere so I could know I could do something or I could see that like, actually, this is a viable career path or I can be a podcaster, I can be an actor, or writer or anything, you know, or I guess today I can be an influencer, if you will, you know the future. So yeah, I do have hope. When programs like this actually succeed and from the people I met through this program and these creators and how passionate they are and how much they really care and are very much interested in doing the work. Because, you know, creating a podcast, especially in like the different types of shows that they want to do, it's not easy. Like it really takes discipline to sit down and like write, create an outline, record yourself, go back and listen to yourself, be like, that sounded weird. I got to re-record it and then go and sit with an editor, which editing takes a long time if you really want to put something together that sounds tight and clean and mixed. And so that passion, when I see that come through, that gives me hope. 
like knowing that people are really interested in doing the work. These eight new voices to podcasting will roll out into the world in the coming months. We are very excited. Hopefully everybody else listening, watching is too. Anna, Joel, just thank you guys so much for thinking about it, for being persistent until this thing got built and, and is now set to launch. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us today. We will see you next week for another session. Take care. Be well. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.